Tonight we're taking a, a look at uh, a big, slow, deep breath and, and delving into the topic of meditation. For some, it's a way of life, but if you're a little on the cynical side, you may see it as something for lentil-loving hippies and their ilk. But uh, there's increasing evidence that meditation can have significant benefits for the mind and the body, and it's becoming increasingly mainstream, even being used in Australian primary schools. Our guest tonight, uh, Dr. Ramesh Manoka, uh, who's the author of Silence Your Mind and uh, the leader of the Meditation Research Program at the University of Sydney. And uh, Kieran McPhail also with us tonight, uh, a lawyer, uh, introduced uh, meditation into the corporate world. Uh, gentlemen, good evening. Good day. We're going to start with this. Uh, Dr. Uh, at its most basic, uh, what is meditation and how does it work? That's a good question. And there's a long answer and a short answer. The short answer is that the most authentic and ancient definition of meditation is very clear. Yeah. And that is that it's the experience of complete inner silence. So a meditator is meditating when they're experiencing uh, being fully alert, fully aware, in full control of themselves and yet not having any unnecessary mental activity. And you could also equate that with being completely and utterly in the present moment. That's essentially the ancient understanding of meditation. But what's happened in the modern day, uh, in 20th century or 21st century consumer Western society, is that we've become a bit confused. And uh, the definitions have gone out the window. Ideas have become a bit nebulous and woolly. And uh, and so the challenge for scientists now is to to realise that we need to come up or rediscover that ancient definition, and uh, and when we subject that ancient definition as opposed to the the vague ideas that are being marketed to uh, I suppose incredulous consumers, you get some remarkable effects. Ramesh, how hard is it for most of us to achieve mental stillness? Uh, I've got to imagine that. Most of us who live in Western society, it's such minute to minute, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine being yes, yes. very calm, cool and collected. Well, in a way, uh, you're very right. Um, our culture has trained us to be active all the time. We're looking for that seven second grab. That's right. <laughs> yes. You've, you've got to, uh, you've, you, we are compelled to, to ask ourselves whether we're being productive, mm. what, what we're doing with our time. Uh, why aren't we doing things that are productive, creative, incisive, or uh, uh, somehow um, generating the admiration of others or ourselves? And and that uh, overall prevents us from sitting down and uh, doing a productive amount of nothing for a while. Um, and so, in a way, the idea of us not thinking is a very foreign concept in, in Western mm. uh, culture. Uh, but in fact, um, that's actually just a phenomenon or of of our modern times, if we were to take that away and and look at the sort of the, the rest of human history, there's a great deal of value has been placed on the experience and practice of silence. Uh, interestingly, um, despite the fact that we've habituated ourselves into the art of continuous and habitual thinking, when we have uh, taught people the techniques that we'll go through on the show tonight and yep. um, that are described in in my book. Um, it's remarkable how many people can get the experience straight away. So, for example, almost consistently when we do quantitative assessments of 
literally hundreds if not thousands of people that have gone through our research projects in the first session about 10% of participants will say that they achieved the state of complete inner silence in one go in the first go wow and about 35% maybe 25% uh, say that they achieved the state of being mostly silent with only the interruption of one or two thoughts every now and then so what that shows us is that if you use an authenticated and genuine technique, uh, people can get it uh, quite easily. It's just a case of kind of activating a mechanism that's been in our central nervous mm. system uh, and for which we, until now, have not really had the skills or knowledge to, uh, to switch on. Kieran, I think uh, it's a situation where in this 21st century we often see a big focus on the bottom line. Yeah, and particularly since the financial collapse of 2008, there seems to be a, a new rigour on that area. Uh, is it hard to imagine uh, getting corporates to actually relax at all? You know, in the, in the in, or is it a constant battle of the dollar? Well, the, the idea of meditation is, uh, in a sense, counterintuitive to mm. what what corporates are trying to achieve, which is to to get people to do you know, more and more work, take on more and more sure. deals and transactions. Um, what, what we've found when we've run the corporate programs, though, is that it, it, it really meets a couple of needs that the corporates have. And in the first point, I think um, the corporate world is becoming more and more aware of, of the amount of stress that people are under and the long-term effects that has on their mental health. And secondly, they've also recognised that um, if you can teach people how to meditate, how to get into that mental stillness, it can actually improve their performance. It can take them to, to another level, in, yeah. into you know, a more efficient state of being. How did you get into it? Uh, it seems like uh, an odd association. You know? mm. uh, Was it just something that you picked up as a, a personal thing and you thought, oh, this could work in the corporate sphere? It, it was something that I picked up um, in, in the personal sphere. And... Uh, at first, I wondered how it would fit in with, with the corporate world, but um, a, a few of the employees that I had, they were quite open-minded and encouraged me to run run programs. And uh, we managed to come up with, with some programs which um, suited everybody. One, one of the challenges of, of running a, a meditation program in the corporate workplace is trying to find something that suits everybody, from someone who works in the copy room to yeah. you know, a partner or you know, a CEO. Um, the, the good, the, what we found helped in the, uh, in the programs that we did run was we, have, we used a very simple non-sectarian technique, which anyone could do, and it, it's, it's based on giving people that meditation experience and trying to give it to them as quickly as possible. Do a lot of people feel it's just too exotic for them? You know, it's, it's, it's too Eastern, it's too mystical? They, they, they do. They do tend to, um, to, to feel, feel that way, and I think that's where the scientific research mm. and the, um, the, the medical data has been very important. You know, to show, it's we're not just trying to, you know, to get into a state of being. We're trying to get people into that, that optimal state that, you know, helps them to, you know, deliver higher performance. To, you know, to be in a better state of balance. I, I think, I think now people, I've, I've noticed in the last ten years people are becoming much more open-minded. There's a recognition that we do need to look outside, you know, spheres that we've previously looked at in order to try, try to find sustainable ways for being in, in yeah. the corporate life.
Ramesh, did it initially come out of a, a religious movement? I mean, was it part of Buddhism? Uh, it well, seems to be associated with that. Well, that's another good question. And um, if we had another half, four or five <laughs> hours, we could, we could explore that. But uh, <coughs> meditation um, uh, did originate from India. Um, it's a universal experience. Mm -hmm. You can, once you understand the definition of the and the experience itself, it's quite easy to recognise references and descriptions of it throughout many different cultures and times in history. But uh, I suppose the uniqueness of India is that um, there has been a tradition over thousands and thousands of years, which even predates Buddhism, um, uh, and maps out methods and strategies and the science by which uh, an individual can attain that experience. And I suppose that's what probably the most important, in my opinion, uh, contribution that India could make to the world today. Um, having said that, it was exported then to China, to other surrounding Asian countries, and then it became, um, uh, you know, in the, in the last couple of hundred years, particularly in the early 20th century, and then uh, with the rise of the Beatles and uh, well, I was about to say like that, uh, the it, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, of yes, course, uh, yes. brought it to great prominence in the 1960s, 70s era. He did for for all the right and wrong reasons, <laughs> and um, uh, and there have been many uh, people like that who've, uh, uh, for good or bad, have popularised the uh, mm. the ideas. And has that the, helped or hindered? Well, I I think it's done both, and uh, this is why it's even more important that we do the science. And um, we do good science, not just uh, marketing science. And um, uh, what the scientists, who, the, the honest, I could say, I suppose you could say the honest scientists who, um, uh, who really want to answer the questions about meditation are confronted with is ultimately two mm. key problems with the meditation research that's been done in the West for the last 30 or 40 years now. And that is, uh, first of all, is there really an effect associated with meditation that is above and beyond placebo? And that's interrelated with another important question, which is, what is the definition of meditation that we should be testing in our scientific studies? Because without a clear definition, you're not really comparing apples with apples for a start. And secondly, you know, if we look, if you look at Google, for example, and you do a, what we call a content analysis um, uh, 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 of Google search terms under the word meditation, uh, we found that there were about 35 to 40 different med definitions of meditation. They're quite diverse, of which there are about three very common ones. And really, what what it demonstrated was that, if, as far as Western culture was concerned. Anything with your eyes closed could be defined as meditation, and sometimes with your eyes open. Yeah. So you're not until you answer the, the question about what meditation really is, you're not really going to get reliable scientific uh, results. And so that's the most important uh, issue that scientists need to address. Ramesh, just while you were talking, I, I had to think about it. You know, I don't do meditation, but. In actual fact, if I'm feeling a little bit tense, you know, for example, when I get up and I've got, you know, a big day ahead and you know, quite often I'm uh, likely to put on a recording that I got from uh, a mind-body-spirit place that I went to in Thailand. Mm. And it, it's just really relaxed, nothing 
yep. instrumental music, but it is just so calm, cool, and collected. Yes. And I find that while I've got you know half an hour or twenty minutes to get myself together, mm. to have that on actually is a relaxing thing yes. rather than necessarily yes. you know hear news updates and things mm. just listening to soft relaxing tinkly music and mm. sometimes be quite well, uh, that's a legitimate <laughs> it's a legitimate experience and in fact <clears throat> what many of us are looking for is uh, methods by which we can calm and soothe ourselves mm. and and that's one step towards the meditative experience because whether we use music or relaxation methods, or walking the dog, or playing with the kids. These are ways by which we reduce the, the chemical and electrical drive in our brain that in, that, and therefore reduces our thinking activity. And it reduces also the, the thoughts compounding on those thoughts. And uh, you know, even when we go on holiday, the, the whole holiday industry is built on a sound psychological um, foundation, which is that we pull ourselves away from those things that trigger increased thinking activity, if, even if it's only mm. temporary. Well, I love cruises, and uh, we I had about a month on a ship in um, December, January, uh, going through the Panama Canal and uh, through the Caribbean. It was just fantastic, uh, you know, just being at sea and mm. uh, being able to uh, knock over the pressures of everyday life was, was quite remarkable. Yes. In fact, there's a, a lovely description from the East which describes our constant mental chatter as, as monkey mind. Mm. Uh, what are our monkey minds doing to us? Well, they're making us sick for a start. Yeah. They're interfering with our productivity and they're uh, harming our ability to have uh, productive and fruitful relationships with others and ourselves. And they're uh, stopping us from being efficient, getting work done. Yeah. Yes, precisely. The, um, you know, there's a simple question that I uh, often ask when I'm doing lectures and that all of us can recognise is how many times, say, in the last couple of weeks of your listeners um, found it difficult to get off to sleep because we can't stop thinking? Now, That's a nightmare, isn't it? You, you get into bed, you feel tired, and then you start thinking about something totally yeah. inconsequential and you just cannot shift can't it. Can't stop it. Mm. That, that thing, that sadist in the back of our head is the monkey mind out of control. Yeah. And you know, we, when we um, uh, go to bed, we stop our hands from writing and we stop our legs from walking, but we can't stop our mind from thinking. Now, this is precisely uh, a precise and poignant illustration of why meditation, the ability to stop the mind in its tracks mm. when we need to, is so important. And now the evidence is coming out, for example, that uh, thinking patterns, particularly negative thinking patterns, are, are not only a psychological phenomenon, but they generate an array of chemicals and other kinds of signals that filter out to the rest of the body that are actually disease-promoting as well. So uh, there's a lot to be said for controlling our mental content by bringing that monkey mind under control. Yeah. You, you also said in a chapter of your book it creates a feedback loop in the mind itself. Yes, yes it does. And, and that's the principle uh, behind uh, mindfulness. And mindfulness is a mm -hmm. one particular idea about meditation which needs to be contextualized. Mindfulness is a, a principle or a practice introduced by the Buddha some um, two and a half thousand years ago uh, as a way of helping people understand what the mind does. And one of the main habits of the mind is, first of all, to react to external and internal stimuli. Uh, 
And the second thing that the mind does is that it then reacts to its own reactions. So we have a snowballing effect in our head, this background mental chatter which slowly escalates during the day until we get home and then we've got a head full of stuff that we need to download onto people uh, or ourselves. Now, mindfulness is designed to try and reduce the mind's reactions. However, the... um, what we don't or haven't yet fully understood in the West is that mindfulness is not meditation. It's a method to facilitate the achievement of meditation, of mind emptiness, but it in itself was not tradition, has, is not mm. traditionally understood as meditation per se. Kieran, uh, what do you do with uh, the business and corporates who uh, probably have uh, rampant monkey minds? <laughs> <laughs> well... I don't think you can really do anything about anyone else. All you can do is work on yourself and um, try to check your own reaction to what's going on around you. Like like Ramesh said, it's um, it's it's really about how you how you respond to to the stresses that that, that surround you. And um, in the corporate world, there's so much stimulus, you know, going on everywhere. Uh, all you can do is really try to um, find that space between your thoughts try try to get into into meditation uh it, it's not something that you consciously do during the day but if if you manage to establish a practice where you only do it for five or ten minutes in the morning or the night time what you find is that during the day it's it's stressful moments yeah. you find yourself naturally starting to go into into that state where you're not reacting so it's it's not a conscious activity that it, it's almost like you're watering a plant each day. Yeah. It just, so, it, so the work that you do actually comes to your aid when you're under stress. It, it does. It, it's one of those things that you, you know, it's it's not like uh, Frank Costanza where you just scream serenity now. You know, <laughs> 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 whenever you have a stressful situation, that's really not going to help you. It's it's a long, it, it's a long-term practice, and it, it's something that you know does tend to work organically, and you have. You have bad days like anyone else, and you, you, and you sometimes you feel actually I haven't come that far, but um, you know o- overall you, you do notice that you slowly start to um, change to the way you react to situations. Yeah, uh, Ramesh, you've been involved in a significant amount of research about meditation. Uh, can you tell us uh, the effects it's been showing in the body? Well, there are a range of effects. Uh, I think. Um, uh, what we're seeing classically, say, on a moment-to-moment basis is, yeah. say, uh, we're going to try a meditation session today. Uh, the things that will be occurring biologically uh, will be that our blood pressure will go down, our heart rate will go down. Um, we'll find that, uh, although we won't see it, but if we had an EEG, we'd find that our brain will develop some alpha activity over the surface, particularly the front and top of the brain. Um, we'll also find that uh, the body is secreting less stress-related chemicals. So uh, adrenaline and noradrenaline levels are reduced. Um, Can I just uh, quote uh, from a paper that will be appearing in the morning? This is a report that's in the Sydney Morning Herald tomorrow. It says, 9 in 10 Australians with high cholesterol don't know it, and 1 in 5 adults with diabetes are unaware that they have the condition. These startling findings released by the Bureau of Stats are derived from blood and urine tests from about 11,000 people. And the tests indicate that one in three Australian adults, or about 5.6 million people, 
um, had high cholesterol levels, but only one in ten were actually aware of it. So you know, it's one of those situations where we um, <coughs> sometimes I think we, you know we uh, we're, we're <coughs> not aware of uh, the sort of pressures that we put ourselves under. Yes, uh, interestingly enough, uh, uh, cholesterol is uh, yes, it's a byproduct of an unhealthy diet in in many cases, not all, but. Cholesterol levels are also influenced by stress, mm. and similarly, our uh, metabolic the, uh, uh, processing of uh, sugars, for example. So, stress has an impact on uh, the severity and development of type 2 diabetes. I wouldn't say it's the only cause, but there's certainly a role uh, that it plays. So, these are the things that become mitigated by uh, regular meditation. Possibly, some of the more interesting things that we see during meditation. Um, are increases in levels of chemicals uh, such as uh, um, oxytocin, which is um, understood to be the social hormone. So that's the that's the one that uh, mums uh, get a surge of when they hold their baby for the first time. Um, it's the it's thought to be secreted when we have uh, enjoyable and uh, uh, congenial conversations amongst friends. It's supposed to be the chemical that's associated with positive feelings towards other people. Yeah. And uh, meditation. So if you promote that, it's uh, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. There's not a great deal of science uh, out there, but there are some studies to say that it is secreted uh, during the meditative experience as well. A couple of other interesting things that uh, might be occurring during meditation is the the reduction in chemicals that promote inflammation particularly uh, chronic inflammation. And the interesting thing about that is that in Western countries particularly, we've dealt with a lot of infectious diseases and diseases associated with uh, low malnutrition, for example. But there are many illnesses, such as diabetes, heart disease, Alzheimer's, for which there appears to be a, a common underlying biochemical or biomechanical pathway which is chronic inflammation and uh, the big challenge out there is uh, for many sciences is to find ways to mitigate that chronic inflammatory process uh, or to reduce those chemicals that promote chronic inflammation and now there is uh, some evidence emerging to indicate that meditative practices actually reduce the levels of those uh, inflammatory or pro-inflammatory chemicals. That's uh, interesting news. Uh, tonight uh, we've got Sue Nixon joining us on the phone. Uh, she's the assistant principal at the Climsig Primary School in Adelaide and uh, she's uh, got an interesting little project or two going at primary school level. Sue, good evening. Good evening. Uh, you use meditation at the school. Um, how long have you been using it uh, for the kids? Uh, we've been doing it for a couple of years now, over a couple of years, and uh, we've done it in various classes, and we've actually um, had some people doing it in other schools as well around Adelaide, but um, mostly in Klimzik. What kind of impact has it had on the kids who are doing the program? Um, well, the staff give us lots of feedback about um, they feel that their classes are much more settled for the rest of the day, um, that makes a huge difference in how the children concentrate and they, therefore with those factors they feel that it's really affecting their learning um, and the st overall the staff are very enthusiastic. And what kind of feedback do you get from the kids? Uh, are they on board? 
Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, we get various feedback. Um, some will just tell us that they've used it incidentally. Um, they might have been in a tricky situation at home and uh, they just take themselves to that state and uh, they're able to cope, cope with whatever's going on at the time. So they can take themselves to the quiet corner. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that silence in their mind, yes. Uh, we had, uh, I had one boy. Uh, we did, um, had an Aboriginal... Um, camp for Aboriginal students on uh, at the school and we did a meditation session before they went to bed and one particular boy came up afterwards and he said uh, I don't feel pathetic inside anymore so we're getting pretty profound feedback incidentally from the children so it's almost uh, something that uh, they can uh, you know improve their you know, self-worth with uh, and uh, you can almost see that with the kids Absolutely, and because they find that they're able to have uh, greater control over themselves, over their emotions and therefore over their actions. And we also use it uh, when children um, come to the office for a bit of a sit-out if they've yep. been unsettled in the classroom, and then we'll let them watch the little sequence that's uh, on the website. they watch it on the iPads, and that calms them down again, and back they go to their classrooms in a different state of mind. So often uh, exam time is a bit nerve-wracking for kids. I mean, we're talking primary school kids here, but, uh, you know, they do have some anxiety with examinations and the like, and I, I guess that's one way that they can calm themselves during those periods. Absolutely. Yes, we have done it in a senior college in Adelaide too, a couple of senior colleges, and um, the children or the students there found it you know, very effective around exam time. Oh. Sue, thank you so much for being there tonight. really appreciate your input. No worries. <laughs> there she is, <laughs> uh, Sue Nixon there uh, on uh, phone, the assistant principal at uh, Climbsig uh, Primary School in Adelaide. Just another school where kids have been meditating is Sacred Heart Primary School on Sydney's northern beaches. Uh, Nightlife producer David Murray visited the school to learn a little bit about the program. Really calm and relaxed. Really relaxed and like feeling like I've just woke up from like a dream or something. We um, put on a CD and then we either lie down or we sit on a chair and we listen to a CD and we close our eyes and um, you'll be in for our mouth and out for our um, the in for our nose and then out for our mouth. Can you show me? My name's Susan Rudd and I work with Kerry Parry, another school teacher, and we've put together a program for meditation groups for children. Personally, I think adult meditation and children's meditation are probably two um, different genres. Personally, for me, it's something that I do regularly. I think it's a wellness tool as well as a clearing the mind tool for me. I think for children it's a really lovely way of slowing down and taking the, the stress of everyday life and a crowded curriculum out of your day and um, having just some time to be focused and mindful. How did the program get started here at Sacred Heart? Uh, the program started really uh, via Kerry Parry, uh, who was another teacher, and myself. We got together over a cup of tea one day and said, 
there was a real need perhaps to give the kids a chance to have some time to meditate or just to have some time to chill out in the crowded curriculum. So we sort of brainstormed what we'd both been doing. So it came as a bit of a sketchy sort of idea at first. Then our principal was quite interested in trialling it in the classroom, so we became quite feverish. When you tried to do your first meditation the kid, with the kids here at the school, how did that go, that very first one? I think the very first one was a, a real hit, to be honest, David. I did a, a free lunchtime club in uh, our lunch hour and invited any interested child to come up. So we thought we'd trial what we'd written. Uh, and 40 children came off the playground voluntarily to try it out. You'll always get children that find it difficult. It's like learning anything, I guess. Mindfulness is sort of like a, a time to go within and, and talk to yourself as well. Um, some kids are better at it than others, but practice makes perfect, I guess. It's something that you don't push, but a little bit of it every so often allows kids to kind of temper that fidgety um, sort of behaviour, which is probably what you do see with some kids when they start out. What kind of impact have you seen on learning and behaviour and, and the classroom itself since you started? I think the big thing, and again, the concentration of kids, and even now that we're doing some drumming as part of our afternoon meditation group, it's, it's a real concentration and focus improvement. It allows kids to sort of um, go from one thing to the other, to have some sort of sequence, sequence their thoughts, use their breath to calm themselves down. It has, it has a lot of benefits, I think, for kids that do find it difficult to concentrate. So the, the benefits that way, that you've got to persevere, I guess. And because each lesson is a short spurt lesson, it's not done for a long period of time. The more regular users or teachers that do it more regular in a classroom would find that it's just taken on board as a practice rather than a something that you have to impose on the kids. And what kind of feedback have you been getting from the teachers and parents as well, I guess? I think at the moment the parents I get really good feedback and I think parents are quite interested in what the kids do in their classes so they'll talk about it with them. Parents say they sit with their children and do our lovely meditations at home together. Um, one little girl even bought a CD for her dad for his birthday and on a, um open day here I wished him happy birthday and said did he enjoy his CD and he said um, yes the, the dolphin cave was my favourite. <laughs> was his daughter trying to tell him something about uh, how he was behaving at home? To chill out so I think he, he quite enjoyed having Kerry and I as his meditation guides at home. You know, I, I probably hear more schools now saying, oh, we're doing meditation at our school. I had a parent ring up from a school a few weeks ago and she said, I heard that, you know, you've got a program together. I just wanted to pick your brains because I'm going to be running meditation at our school, which was fun. I shared ideas. But I think it's more common now. Um, you know, some schools don't see it as part of what they need to do and that's fine. You know, we, we respect that. We have a tolerance for whatever people feel the need for their community is. I mean, some schools do certain physical activities that they think are good and healthy for kids. 
we find that just that time out with the kids to move into their imaginations is a fantastic way of de-stressing and helping kids cope with anxiety and other things that might be part of their little makeup. feel it doing you good. Uh, David Murray reporting in there from uh, another school that has uh, implemented uh, this program and uh, as you can tell uh, the kids seem to be uh, very accepting of it and uh, exactly where it's going and as we've revealed earlier uh, Kieran McPhail is here and uh, he is uh, specialising in corporate meditation and uh, you'd imagine that uh, it would take a fair bit to calm some of the corporate nerves at the moment. Uh, Dr Ramesh Monoko, also with us tonight, author of Silence Your Mind, which uh, is a, a new book that just has a look at the overall structure of it all. Ramesh, it might be an idea if we just give people some sort of idea about a very basic process of the relaxation mode. Mm. Um, perhaps, uh, you know, if you can just keep a little quiet uh, over the next uh, couple of minutes and just have a listen to Ramesh and what he has to say. And from this, uh, it's a, a way of developing on how, you know, sure. it's, it's, it's totally possible to, re to relax and to, to take it in. Well, what we have is uh, a, a recorded sequence which has been scientifically trialed mm -hmm. um, as part of our various research projects and it's a, it's a two-minute meditation uh, and these can all be downloaded for free from a website called mentalstillness.org and uh, they're all evidence-based. Now there's a two, a five and a ten-minute sequence but because we're in Radio Land today. We're going to do the the two minute one. So it'll be a quick relax. It's a quick, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not don't get too relaxed. <laughs> so, uh, um, but they all work uh, quite well. Um, I would suggest that um, you know to bec in real life we could do a, a ten or a five to become more acquainted, and then after a while you could cut back to a two minute session. Um, but it's quite adequate. Now, the way to use it is simple. Uh, once you've downloaded it or once you've got it set up on your website or your uh, player, um, just find a quiet space to uh, um, uh, that you won't be interrupted for so a loosen, few minutes. Loosen yeah. the clothes. Yeah. Or, you Slip know, your shoes off, sit down a on a cushion or in a chair. Don't uh, lie down on a bed and get too comfortable. You might end up snoring instead of meditating. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you've got a tie, just loosen your tie and that kind of thing. And then what you do is uh, very simply... Press the play button on the sequence that uh, that's going to be played and follow the steps. And what it really involves is eyes closed, breathing gently in and out through the nose. The left hand will stay on the lap, palm up, but the right hand will move to a couple of positions on the body and will say some simple affirmations, which just enable the attention to move into the present moment and then physically to the top of the head. And we just gently direct our attention towards its space, a silent cool space just above the top of the head. See if you can follow the, the sequence and we'll all do it together. We're going to take a little bit of time to feel the silence inside ourselves. Please sit comfortably either on your chair with your feet a little bit apart or cross your legs if you're sitting on the floor. Place your hands on your lap with your palms facing upwards. Take a few deep breaths in and out very slowly. Now place your right hand 
on your heart and say to yourself a few times, I am pure awareness. I am pure awareness. Now put your right hand flat on your forehead. Now say a few times, I forgive everyone and I forgive myself. I forgive everyone and I forgive myself. Now place the center of your palm on the top of your head, pressing it firmly. Say a few times, I am the pure silence or please make me silent inside. Now keep your attention gently balancing at the top of your head and you can bring your hand back down to rest on your lap. Close your eyes and see if you can feel the silence inside. Now let's gently open our eyes and try and hold on to that quietness inside while we get on with the rest of the day. Feeling better already. So that's a, <laughs> maybe we should start charging for it. So that's a that's a short sequence. And yeah, so a the, the website is mentalstillness.com. dot org. Mentalstillness.org. Yep. And all they do is on the home page, scroll down to the bottom right hand corner, click on video modules, and they'll go they'll get to a page and they can download them for free. And um, Ramesh, I heard uh, the the sound at the back. Is that supposed to be? Uh, it's an ocean. It's an ocean sound. It's a very relaxing uh, sort of um, sound effect that uh, uh, people have found uh, seems to enhance the experience overall. But there are versions available without that sound as well. If uh, people find it um, uh, not to their taste. Um, we're currently trialling both options, but we've generally found uh, that that sort of sound effect in the background enhances the experience and gets us better results overall. So that's... Uh, yeah. yeah, well that's done. It. Yeah, mm. and uh, that's totally free to download. Yes, yes. You and can either do the two, five or ten, or ten minute. And it's designed so that a, t a teacher could um, uh, go into a classroom with it on a DVD or a stick sit the kids down and press the play button or similarly someone like Kieran could uh, to rock, could rock up to a, a hundred people in a in a meeting room and um, say okay everyone sit down and let's give it a go and we've just uh, done a, a an introduction to over one and a half thousand nationally uh, one and a half thousand professionals who work with young people who've had for whom we've just introduced the video and then played it and then assessed their um, uh, their experience. Now, the vast majority regarded as highly suitable for young people mm. and for adults, and uh, about 10 to 15 percent in the first go got the complete experience of mental silence, and about 35 percent experienced a state of feeling uh, almost completely silent inside. And this is based on, uh, you know, survey responses uh, to the is, uh, to is, the method. Is there, is there music on the website as well? I'm not actually. There is. There are some uh, mm. musician. Uh, there are some musical sequences that we've designed as well for the younger kids to use. 
but we haven't had a chance to do the scientific yeah. evaluations of them yet. Once, no. once you've done the meditation a few times, it can some good music can really yeah. heighten the experience yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Karen, uh, do a lot of people look at you quizzically uh, when uh, the suggestion is that you know ten minutes can be life changing? Uh, a lot of people would think, oh, you know, what's that going to do for you? But I guess it builds up over a period of time. It does. It takes it takes time, and you you need to be patient. And some, in a funny way, sometimes you don't even notice the effects yourself. Other people notice it in you. You know, because you sort of like looking in the mirror every day. You know, you don't notice the small changes, yeah. but yeah. you'll find that if you stick with it, people do notice the the subtle changes that that it brings. One of those awkward situations, particularly with school kids, you know, they're constantly being pressured. It was just interesting, uh, Sue's comments that, uh, you know, it, it's actually changing their personalities to a degree. You know, they're not being as restless as they were, a bit more focused and also able to cope with life's little setbacks. Yes, that, that natural innocence that we see in children is, is a, a profound quality which is magnified by the meditative practice and... Um, you know, we've done randomised controlled trials uh, in adults, in uh, which are the gold standard of, of medical uh, uh, evaluation, and we found that it's this mental silence approach, and uh, particularly the technique called Sahaja Yoga that we tested in the clinical trials, is profoundly effective. It's about twice as effective as relaxation in reducing stress and anxiety and depressive features. And in other uh, studies we've done, it's improved chronic diseases like asthma and and, um, so on and so forth. So there are not only what I would call effects on the mind, but there are downstream effects on the body that are measurable as well. And it all is linked up with the experience of that mental silence. I think it probably is a good start, if you would like to know a little bit more, to get hold of the books, Uh, Ramesh Manoka, Manoka, uh, MD, uh, Silence Your Mind. Uh, it's released in Australia through Hachette, and uh, it's not a fortune for the book, is it? No, no, it's uh, uh, twenty nine ninety nine. Yep. Um, and uh, all author royalties from the book go towards further research. You guys have got a, a, an event coming up at Strathfield, I believe. We do on on Thursday night at six pm. Uh, if the, ever there's a good place to meditate, it's the library. <laughs> Here's your opportunity. So Strathfield Library, yes. six pm. Give Thursday. him a call. Give him a yep. call to book a seat, but it's free. And uh, love to see you there. We'll be doing a lecture and then Kieran will be doing a meditation session. The library sessions are pretty popular and um, they're a great uh, service to the community. Thanks so much for being there tonight, guys. Uh, I feel totally relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) Be brave. Thanks. There's uh, Kieran McPhail, uh, Corporate Meditation and uh, the author of Silence Your Mind, Dr. Ramesh Manoka.